You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. You brought your Bibles. Uh, turn with me tonight to the uh, book of uh, Luke chapter 8. Uh, book of Luke chapter 8. We're going to be reading uh, from verse... 26 through to 29 and then skipping down to 33 through to 35. It was years ago where uh, a friend of mine, we were raised in the same neighborhood. And as a result, uh, we did experience much of the sinful lifestyle as uh, each other. We were involved in drugs and, um, and crime. And uh, my friend began to get uh, heavily addicted to heroin. Uh, we, both, uh, uh, we both were exposed to the realities of drugs and had to go through different, um, uh, different uh, programs to try to detox and get out of that whole scene. My friend made it uh, through that whole scene, but then um, uh, he would find himself relapsing. He went to drug rehab, and uh, at uh, that rehab, they began to teach him programs and certain steps in order to be able to uh, uh, get deliverance. And I'm not preaching against the, uh, pro- you know, the process of uh, uh, getting deliverance, but something had happened in his faith that he stopped believing for a radical transformation. In fact, I remember vividly in the passage of Scripture we're about to read is very close to me because I found this passage of Scripture. He had now gotten out of rehab and was, uh, uh, we had employed him and we had uh, uh, taken him under our wing and trying to disciple him and try to bring him to our church. Uh, but I just could always see him relapsing. Every weekend he would fall back and take more drugs and, and go back to that whole scene. And then, uh, you know, finally we'd pull him out and he'd just bounce backwards and forwards. And then finally I brought him to my house and we're sitting in, our, in my living room. And I've opened the Bible to the book of Luke, uh, the passage of Scripture we're about to read. And I, and I began to speak to him about the gathering demoniac. I brought him to the passage of Scripture that says, and then he was fully clothed and in his right mind. And I looked at him and I said, Marky, that could be you. By this time, his faith had dwindled to nothing and he couldn't accept that. In fact, he would say, you know what, I I know God can, but it just won't happen to me. There I would be, one prayer, Marky. We could pray this and totally delivered and set free and on and you listen to what the scripture is saying. And just he, he would read it, but he would not accept it. I wonder how many tonight, just like my friend, we read the scriptures, we know about God and we come to church, uh, but have we totally embraced what the scripture is trying to tell us? Because I believe that if we are to see all that God has for us, we have to embrace 
God's transformation. So I want to preach to you a sermon entitled Totally Transformed out of the book of Luke chapter 8 verse 26 through to 29 and then skipping down to 33. The Bible says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gadareans, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. He wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he, would bro- and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demons, uh, demon into the wilderness. Now skip down to verse 33. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Totally transformed. I want to look firstly and focus on the crossing over. Now, the Gadarean picture here is a picture of separation. This is a location that was opposite to where Jesus was. We notice right at the beginning that Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side. There, were, uh, uh, there was a body of water that was separating where they were, uh, where Jesus was, and where the miracles were taking place, uh, to the place where uh, the Gadarean demoniac was living. This brings uh, the imagery of how we live many times before knowing Jesus a very far distant away uh, from Him. Here He is doing miracles and, uh, uh, and transforming lives. Uh, and before we came in contact with Jesus Christ, uh, we we're on the opposite side of the world. We we're on the opposite side of the spectrum, living a totally different life to what Jesus Christ Intends. Now we see that the initial intention from God was always to bring um, a uh, to, to bring that separation back into one. That even from the beginning, where we broke the the you know man broke uh, uh, the commandments of God, uh, went against uh, what God had spoken to them about. Thou shalt not eat of the forbidden fruit. Uh, they took of that tree, uh, and as a result, sin came into the world. Uh, that separation uh, has driven us further away from God. But we know that that separation is something that God has worked hard. Uh, to be able to bring back together. Romans 5.12, the Bible says, Therefore, just as though one man's sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death separate, separated to all men because all have sinned. We know this is why Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died on that cross uh, to bring that separation back together. We no longer have to uh, live on the other side uh, of where Jesus is doing miracles. But this is many times where a lot of us live. On the other side of where Jesus is performing miracles. For us, maybe suffering from our emotions, addictions, 
health problems. Sometimes it bogs us down. We're going through trials and tribulations uh, and we cannot fathom. We cannot even, uh, we've lost the expectancy. We've lost uh, the uh, vision as far as what God can do. And it's very easy for us uh, to begin to drift uh, away from what God has for us and what God can do. How many know that our God is a very big God? And even to try to understand what he's trying to do, many times it's faced with a resistance. When Jesus spoke to the disciples in Luke chapter 5, verse 6, he says, let's, let's cast out and let's throw down your nets and let's see if we can catch something. And the Bible says that they had toiled all night and caught nothing. And yet they said, well, nevertheless, let's do it and see. And as a result, they cast their nets. And because they had no understanding of the power of Jesus Christ the Bible says the nets were breaking that they cannot and, and that is a picture of us uh, God's trying to do something he's trying to reveal his power he's trying to demonstrate that he can transform you from the inside out and we cannot grasp that reality it's very hard to embrace this truth we have the father with the epileptic son that says, I believe, help my unbelief. And it's many times our lower nature that drives us. This is why it's difficult to pray. This is why it's difficult to read our Bibles. This is why we struggle to be in church and serving. And this is all very difficult. But listen to me. God is at work and He's trying to reveal something supernaturally. All it takes is a crossing over. I think about the New Testament church. Here is... Paul going into Ephesus. He's beginning to preach the gospel. He's beginning to share the light in a city full of darkness. And as he begins to share this, what had happened is someone had received Christ and, 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 and realized, you know what, we need to get rid of all these idols of Diana and we need to get rid of all these false doctrine. And as a result, the whole city broke out in a riot. This is the goddess of our city. And now you proclaim Jesus Christ. We need to get rid of this man. Why? Because man cannot grasp what God's trying to do. He tries to help and bring deliverance. Uh, and many times uh, it is our lower nature that drives us to resist uh, and push away and go, you know what, I cannot comprehend this. Therefore, I cannot accept this. Now, despite the fact that we live on the other side, Jesus is still willing to cross over. In fact, it was his idea to go over to the other side. The Bible says in Luke 8, 22, now it happened on a certain day. He got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. So here is Jesus Christ. He sees. He knows what's on the other side. Obviously, we understand that he is at work already and he's willing to do this he's not deterred by the demon possessed man he's not deterred by the fact that he is 
accompanied by a legion of demons. This man cuts himself and lives in tombs and is absolutely reckless. He's not intimidated by that. In fact, he says, let's go on an impact team to the other side of the lake. What we find on the other side is a Gadarean man, demon-possessed. This man had abused life and was now experiencing the fact that life began to abuse him back. In fact, the Bible says in verse 29, For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for he had often seized him, and he had kept him under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Here is a wild man. Could not be restrained. There was no boundaries to this man. You try to give him some sort of structure. You try to bring some guidelines. You try to correct him and bring some, you know, some guidance. And immediately he would chafe and break away and say, you know what, I cannot deal with this. Isn't that a picture of us before we got saved? Even some while they saved? Like all of a sudden we... We come in contact with Jesus Christ. But we don't want boundaries. We don't want guidelines. We don't want to be carefully shown or corrected. In fact, we want to live by ourselves. And these very actions become the symptoms to him being demon-possessed. He opened doors uh, to the uh, uh, dark world. Listen to me, if you want to live a reckless life and not have boundaries and do whatever you feel is right, this is exactly the outcome of this man. Uh, You have to ask yourself, uh, is what I'm doing, is how I'm behaving, uh, is what I'm giving my life to, uh, what, uh, am I being led by the Spirit of God or is this my lower nature? Am I being led by my flesh. We see a desperate need. And yet Jesus is willing and he's ready to do a miracle on this man's behalf. He said, cross over. Now understand that many times we read this passage of Scripture and we think this guy desperately needed a miracle. The truth is, is that there are, in fact, it was maybe even us or even there are many more gathering demoniacs out there that desperately need God's help. And thank God he's still willing, he's still able to move supernaturally. So let's look secondly at the desperate need. What the gathering demoniac needed, he could not achieve on his own. Now, isn't that contrary to the gospel that's preached today. It's like, you know what? Uh, uh, You can do this. Uh, It's all on you. And this is amazing. Uh, Or even in the self-help programs today, it's 10 steps or 12 steps. uh, And if you do this and accomplish this, uh, 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 you know, you're going to be healthier. You're going to be on this new diet and you're going to feel great. It's everything. uh, Everything relies on you. Here is a desperate need. 
The Gadarene demoniac could not do anything to help himself. And notice the initial reaction of the demoniac was to feel as, as though he was tormented in Luke 8, 28. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out. He fell down before him with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, the Son of the Most High? I beg you, do not torment me. Now, isn't that the opposite of what Jesus is there to do? Didn't he say that my yoke is easy, my burden is light? Does, is he not the Prince of Peace? Did he not come to set the captives free? And here is this man that is resisting because of what's inside. He cannot grasp his, and immediately he says, you're tormenting me. How many times we think Jesus is going to punish us? How many times we're scared instead of stepping out and surrendering and saying, Lord, have it all. We, we worry. We, we're anxious. The offering plate goes around and we think, I've got bills to pay. I know I've made a pledge, but... The time comes for an impact team and it's like, I know I have a free Saturday, but I want to do things for myself. I don't want to be tormented. We come to Jesus Christ and it's the opposite. How many know? The opposite is true. He's not there to torment. He didn't travel all the way. From one side of the lake to the other just to play a practical uh, you know, joke on the Gadarene demonia, Just make him a public spectacle. Listen, if, if this was today, they would have brought the cameras. Uh, they would have brought everything and be like, look at this wild man. He cuts himself. He howls at the moon. He acts like a madman. Give him a TV show. But Jesus says, no, 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 I didn't come here to torment you. I'm here to deliver you. There's a desperate need. It's amazing at how it's the opposite. We have the wrong mindset. We come in contact with Jesus Christ and, and it's like just surrender. Just give your life to Him. He's worth it. But it's almost like we're getting pulled into the principal's office. How many remember that? It's like over the loudspeaker. Michael Zapata, could you please come to the front office? And you're like, oh man, I'm in trouble. It's like seeing pastor's number on your phone. It's like, why is he calling? Have I done something wrong? You begin to check yourself, like, did I, what is it? Like, have I read? What am I up to? My Bible reading plan? Can I quote a scripture? Quickly! Just calling to say hi. How are you going? Just been praying for you. You know, the, the will of God is to do something of transformation in your life. That he wasn't just going to pass the Gadarene demoniac and just go, well, look, this is a lost case, guys. Look at that. That's exactly what you get for living with no boundaries. In fact, he reaches out and he begins to do something supernatural, more than just salvation. He delivers him, sets the captives free. That is the very course of what Jesus Christ came to this world. You don't need to resist. You don't need to fear that. You don't need to run away from that. What he has for you is the best life ever. Transformed from the inside out. Because the truth is, is that when we try to fix our own problems in our own strength and with our own understanding, 
Many times it leads further to more problems, more issues, more demons. Mark's gospel elaborates more on this man's behavior. Mark 5, 5, the Bible says, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. This man's suffering internally. And he's now physically beginning to reveal that. He's tormented. Can you remember that time before you got saved? The sleepless nights. Can you remember the time before you came in contact with Jesus Christ? The anxiety, the depression, the hatred, the anger, the bitterness. Can you remember that time? This man, day and night, he would add to his pain. Think about that. That's a demon. There's something wrong inside. And I'm not going to cut somebody else. I'm going to cut myself. This is a picture of how people, when they make a mistake, they fail, they stumble, they're embarrassed, they don't know how to deal with it. And instead of coming clean and saying, you know what, I made a mistake. No, no, they lie to try to cover up their first lie. Just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They said, oh, no, 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 <laughs> you know, we, we've, we've broken. Let's hide and let's, let's make ourselves clothes and things will be fine. And all of a sudden, God is walking through the garden where he normally would. God hadn't changed, but they had. God still did everything he said he would do, but man had changed. And just to try to cover that, you know what, let's just, let's just cover our nakedness. Oh, you know what, I'm sure God will never even notice. Really? How many times we cover up the mistakes? King David got Uriah. The Bible says that he engaged in an unlawful act with the Uriah's wife, uh, and as a result, she falls pregnant. And so now uh, he knows uh, that the husband, uh, uh, you know, is going to somehow find out he's been away at war. And so he brings him back, gets him drunk. Uh, let's, let's, you know, make sure that he stays home with his wife and, and engages in intimacy. Uh, uh, but that doesn't happen. And so then he goes, okay, well, you know what? Let's send him to the front lines and let's kill him. And it's one lie after the other uh, that snowballs and snowballs uh, and gets out of control. Judas, after betraying Jesus Christ, realizing he sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. You know what? I don't want it anymore. Take it back. Peter, after denying Jesus Christ, going back to fishing. Uh, listen to me. You're not curing what's on the inside. You can run away from your problems all you want, but listen to me, it's still there on the inside. And it's not going away until we get a miracle from Jesus Christ. This miracle came from an outside source, from Jesus. And aren't we glad for that? 
He made the journey to cross over to the other side. He says, I, there's a man with a desperate need that cannot do anything to help himself. I am going there so that he would be set free. And this is the perfect imagery of God's love, of His grace, that even while we, we were yet sinners, even while we went against Him, even while we were you know, fearing Him and not surrendering to Him, He was willing to cross over into our lives. Even while we were sheep who had gone astray. Psalms 23, 2 through to 4, the Bible says, He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. The tragedy is, as many times... We think, well, you know what? That rod and that staff are there just to beat me. You know, at any moment, he's walking, he's up, but that shepherd's going to turn nasty and turn around and whack me with it. No, no, no. He's leading you. He's guiding you into all that he has. He wants to set you free. You're not to fear that. That ought to be a comfort that he's ready to fight off anything that tries to destroy your life. We are sheep and we are capable of going astray, but thank God that our Father in heaven sees and recognizes that desperate need and is able to move supernaturally. So let's look third in closing at the great deliverance. The miracle that transpires is a full transformation. Luke chapter uh, chapter 8 verse 35, Then they went out to see the man, see what had happened, sorry, and came to Jesus and found the man, from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. You know, I think back, you know, this week I was just pondering over that verse and that passage of Scripture. And I thought back immediately to that conversation I had with my friend, and I'm sitting there with this very Bible, and I'm opened up to this very chapter and I'm reading it to him and I'm beginning to say to him, this can be you. You can experience this today. This can be your life story that right now, yes, you're a heroin addict, you're bound and no doubt you don't see a way out of this, but because of what Jesus Christ can do, But he couldn't grasp it. A great deliverance was there for him. A word. You know, Jesus Christ with just a word. Just one word. And that's all. I mean, that's why we come to church, right? God, I just want to hear from you. Just one word can set me free. One word can bring deliverance. And this is the hope that we draw from, from this passage of Scripture. Jesus doesn't sit down the gathering demoniac. Okay, step one, this is what we've got to do. Step two, uh, no, no, no. He just begins to command the demons. You be gone, you're unclean. You have no right in this man's life. With one word, the Bible says, Jesus caused the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the blind to see. The disciples that were on the road to Emmaus, going the opposite direction, lost their vision, lost their passion. With one word, 
everything came back. Can I say to you tonight that Jesus has a word for you? There isn't a circumstance that's too difficult. There isn't anything that He cannot do. We serve a God of the impossible. Have you stopped believing that tonight? Can He tonight speak into your life? Can He give you a word that you would accept? A word of deliverance. A word of hope. Yes, you're on the other side. Yes, you feel as though, you know what, this, I don't know how this is ever going to happen. I cannot see a way out. Good. That's why Jesus is there. He's going to lead you out. He's going to do a miracle. There is a miracle for all who come in contact with Jesus Christ. This man was totally transformed. And this is what's powerful about this passage of Scripture, is that immediately we see a physical change. That this man says, you know what, I'm going to stop doing my nudie runs and I'm going to put some clothes on. That's a good transformation. How many know that that ought to happen in every new believer? There was a time that you lived a life and, and, and put clothes that were too short and too small. But now finally, Jesus Christ has saved you. There's a physical transformation there. I'm going to change how I look. Fully clothed, the Bible says. That's good doctrine. Number two is he transforms him socially. That in fact, this man had isolated himself. He had removed himself uh, from society. And as a result, uh, he is isolated. He's by himself uh, and, and not talking to anyone. No doubt uh, his social skills would have gone down to nothing. Uh, but as a result, now he's there in his right mind. In other words, making sense. He can talk. He can say how he feels. He's transformed. He's back into society and then finally economically because Jesus says, I want you to go back to your house. And your house is what you work for. Your family's there. Your children are there. They're waiting and listen to me. Uh, this is what uh, ought to happen in any transformation uh, that we ought to now uh, take on board. I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to contribute back to society. I'm going to do uh, what I know I, I need to do. I'm going to work. I'm going to pay the bills. I'm going to get myself out of debt. And I'm going to serve you, Jesus Christ. My life is going to be a testimony. A great deliverance. You know, I read uh, about uh, Nick, uh, Viju uh, I think his name is Nick Vujic, uh, Vujicic. He wrote the book Life Without Limbs. And this is uh, a very powerful story of a young man that um, was just forgotten by his family. He didn't want to, uh, you know, he, this guy had literally no limbs. And uh, as a result, faced a lot of rejection, a uh, lot of hardships of having to try to live his life with this uh, uh, difficulty and, and um, uh, you know, uh, an uphill battle. But this, this man got transformed. I mean, he got, he got saved. And despite his circumstances, he begins to share. And, and, and I've just got a quote that he says, 
Have you ever felt trapped in circumstances? Then discovered that the only trap was your own lack of vision, lack of courage, or failure to see that you had better options. Now, this is a man with no legs and no arms. And you, you read that and you think, if anyone has the right to feel as though, you know what, I'm hopeless, there's nothing I can, I, there's nothing good that's going to come of this, he would probably be granted that. But here he is, a man who's challenging us in our faith to believe for more, to receive all that God has for us, to contend for more and not just stop and say, well, you know what, I, I'm, just, I'm just glad that uh, I just made it tonight. No, 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 there's more. If you're saved, just only a few moments. Uh, listen to me, you were saved for a reason. Uh, he wants to totally transform you from the inside out. This is not just a, a once-off. Uh, this is not just a couple of services and you'll be fine. You need to be transformed and as you continue to surrender and give your life uh, to what Jesus Christ Christ has for you, He's going to begin to shape you and mold you to the point you won't even recognize yourself. Totally transformed. Do we believe that? Do we still believe that Jesus Christ can cure cancer? Do we still believe that Jesus Christ can deliver us from depression, anxiety, can deliver us from addictions, hatred and bitterness? Do we still believe that, church? Do we still believe in a total transformation? Because the God that sent Jesus Christ, that's all He preached. That's what He demonstrated. And whether we choose to believe that, that's up to us. I don't know about you, but I choose to believe. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments.